Well, you also know if I'm up here that I have to say, somebody is celebrating today. One of them is me, but I know it's not just me today because there are several of you that are celebrating today and you probably don't know it, so I'm going to tell you. You guys know she does this every time she comes up here and preaches, right? It is National Wife Appreciation Day. (laughs) Yes. Amen. See, sisters, I got your back, sisters. And in case the husbands in the house are um, don't know how to celebrate us, if they don't know how to celebrate us, I have help for you. Let's look at the screen. I have help for you. Tim, if you could put that um, wife appreciation screen up there. These are the ways that we like to be appreciated. There we go. Okay, what's it say? Couples may choose to celebrate the day traditionally with a gift of flowers, perfume, jewelry, clothing. However, the other options include a day at the spa, tickets to a show, dinner, or a nice restaurant, a foot massage, cooking, breakfast, or dinner at home is also to say thank you for all the things you do every day. Well, Pastor Michelle, thank you for all of the things you do every day. I was, I'm sorry guys, I was prepared because I live with this woman, and so she knew she wasn't going to let this day pass, so thank you for all that you do. Um, I am going to whip up probably, not one, but two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just for you today. Your ticket to me. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Well, we love to count our blessings, Pastor Michelle and I, and one of our blessings was just worshiping Jesus for the, really the first time is what we saw that happen there um, uh, today. But on uh, September 6th, our second blessing came, um, and you have that picture, uh, Tim? There he is. There he is. There she is with the wild hair, but, but that little man right there is Zeke Cordell Sadler. And he was born on August 6th, at, I'm sorry, September 6th, and that's our little grandson right there. So we are just blessed beyond measure today. So let's read our declaration together. Father God, I thank you that I prosper in all things and in health, even as my soul, mind, will, and emotions prospers. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that we are invited here with your spirit, Father, invited here to, 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 to worship you, Jesus. I pray, Father, today that the word would touch our hearts today, Father, that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds and our spirits to digest it, God. I pray, Father, that you would penetrate our hearts today. We don't want to walk out of here the same way that we uh, walked in, God. And so we worship you and all that you do. We thank you for it. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to, if you have your Bibles, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily 
with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Just to give you a short uh, background uh, leading up to that scripture, leading up to that passage of scriptures. So when Jesus, um, when, when he ascended back to heaven, he had told the disciples, he told them what to do. He said, you need to go and wait. You're, they went to this upper room, and you are to pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. They didn't know what they were really waiting on. I mean, if you've never seen it or experienced, you don't know. But they knew to go up and wait and pray. And so they prayed for days. And then the Holy Spirit came, and they began to speak in tongues that the rest of the people outside, they didn't understand what that was. So they accused them of being drunk. They're like, what's wrong with you people? It's only 9 in the morning. Are you drunk? And remember that Jesus told Peter that you are the rock that my church will start on. You are the rock. So when they said, what's wrong with you people? Are you drunk? That was the moment that Peter's like, oh, that's my cue. Now I've got the spotlight, and now I'm going to preach. And so Peter preached his first sermon about Jesus and about salvation, about repentance, and that was the outcome from it. And that is how the first church, our church, started. Yeah. And so the the title of our message today is, We Are the Church. We Are the Church. That scripture is very clear. They were the church. This is God's church. Amen? We're God's church. There's there's no doubt that every Sunday that we come in here, that that the presence of God is in in this building here, right? And there's also no doubt that the presence of God is in each one of you guys, and the love of God is is in each one of you guys. But we can do better. Amen? As the church, we can do better, right? We're not seeing all that this verse has, is saying. We're not seeing in our lives everything that it says that we can. Like we're not seeing the fullness of the signs and wonders and, and daily or even weekly salvations. We're not seeing it. Right? We need to build our spiritual muscles by growing and maturing in our faith. To see God maximized not only in our lives but in the church as well. And it can only be done by following this blueprint, the blueprint that we, that we just read about in Acts 2. Why? Because they had power. Amen? And where was their power? In their devotion. Did you catch that in that scripture? The church's power was in their devotion. That is the game plan for the church, and we are the church in our devotion. They devoted themselves to each other, and they devoted themselves to God. So let's take a look at devotion to each other, um, how they communicated and united together. First way they did that was through their fellowship and breaking bread. Fellowship, when it's done right, it transforms the church goer to the church member. You hear me? The church goer to the church member. What, what that means is it's the difference between somebody saying, I go to church and somebody realizing, I am the church, right? Look, God's design was never for us to do life alone, right? Acts 2 is the New Testament demonstration of the Old Testament's declaration. When God said in Genesis, 
it is not good that man should do life alone, right? They demonstrated that truth. In Acts 2, they demonstrated that the first church, that God designed us to live our lives together. The Greek word for fellowship is the word koinonia, koinonia. And what it means is it means to share, it means joint participation, to have things in common. It means that we're all on the same page, headed in the same direction, doing life together, right? And verse 22 describes their koinonia. It says, together they listened to Peter preach. Together there was the breaking of bread. They had a meal together, right? And afterwards they had the Lord's Supper. So they, they did all this together. They shared all of these things. Fellowship is gathering with one another, having a common goal to stimulate each other's spiritual growth. The phrase one another, it appears in the New Testament 59 times. Romans 13, 8, love one another. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, care for one another. Galatians 5, 13, serve one another. The only way that we can have a one another experience is with one another. Groundbreaking, right? Is with one another, is with another human being. Not, not our, you know, not these. Not these right there. Right? The biggest, the biggest lie that we've been told is that social media is social. Is social. Right? Because the truth is, I mean, it can be entertaining. It can be used as a source of information, a platform to share scriptures or even view people's pages that you haven't seen in a while. But I believe that it's hurting the church more than we realize. There's so many things that, that, fun to, that fundamental, that's fundamental to Christianity that undermines us when we deal with social media. Social media actually promotes hyper-individualism. Hyper-individual, it, turns, it turns us inward towards ourselves more than outward towards one another. Right? Everything in this little back, black box right here revolves around me. I post the things that I like, the things that make me look good. I post the things that I want you to like about me. I'll, I'll remove you. I'll, 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 if you disagree with me or if you challenge me, I'll remove you. Right in here, this is, this is my music. These, these are my notes. These are my connects. These, these are my games. These are, this is me, 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 me. It's all right here in this little back box, right? The one another experience is absent when we talk about social media. It's private, right? It's a personal experience. Opposite of what the church actually promotes in verse 44, it says all who believed were what? Together. We were together. They did life together. They did it so tough that the scripture actually says they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now, we are about community, right? But I'm telling y'all right now, Pastor Michelle ain't giving up her signed Mark Price jersey for nobody. <laughs> she, just, she just ain't doing it. But this is what they were doing. They were giving up all of their goods. 
given everything up as anyone had need. They were completely sold out for Jesus, sold out to Jesus for the sake of the gospel. You see, it's our ability together and, 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 and the lives we lead together and how we help each other that will enhance how we outreach the world. And it's all about love, right? What Jesus says in John is he says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Not because you speak in tongues, not because you raise your hands, not because you shout, because of the love that we show towards one another. That's how they'll know. Verse 46 tells us how they structured their koinonia. It says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity in heart. We like to, we like to complicate the gospel. We love to complicate the gospel. They sat down and they just ate together with simplicity. That's not a hard thing to do. It's twofold. That, that scripture's twofold. Uh, there's the temple, the church, and then there's the house to house. There's the informal, and then there's the formal, right? The temple, the church, was the formal meeting where, where the apostle Paul or Peter preached, and he preached instruction, and he preached uh, inspiration. House to house, this provided an informal meeting. Uh, this is where they had discussions about what the apostle taught and how to apply it to their lives. The temple gatherings, they go over the scriptures and they worship Jesus. House to house, they apply the scriptures and together they learn how to walk with Jesus. The temple gatherings, they were spectators, right? You're spectators. You come in, the preacher preaches, you watch, you listen, right? House to house, they are participants. It demands discussion with one another. You see, when we get together in our homes... When we sit on each other's couches and we're in those four walls, what that does is it creates an atmosphere of intimacy and, and, and freedom to share and, and get real with each other, right? Like this is why we stress to get in a life group, to start a life group. Don't, you don't have to just come here to the life group we have once every, every second Thursday of the month. You are welcome to start a life group. We would love to get you started, right? Do a book study. I don't know. Sit down, share stories together, laugh together, cry together, talk about the Bible, learn how to love and forgive each other. That's what happens at these, at these life groups. We were, we were given two commands, love God and love each other, right? It's hard to love each other. It's hard to love people when you ain't around people. You got to be around people. The evidence of a new life is the desire to be around the people of God. Amen. Amen. And what did their devotion to God look like? How did they communicate and unite with Father God? By reading and applying the word in prayer. In verse 42, it said, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. That's not just reading the word, but that's living the word. That's applying the word. And I like what the Amplified Version says, that they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instructions of the apostle. Because that is our primary responsibility, is to share the truth. That is our primary responsibility, is to share the truth. And you can't share what you don't know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you can't share what you don't know. That's good. 
And trust me, try to repeat something that you heard to somebody and then they ask you a question and you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I wasn't listening at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't share what you don't know. Peter, Peter quoted in that sermon, that first sermon, he quoted Old Testament prophecy. And he told them, he said, don't you remember? Don't you remember what the prophets said? They said that our sons and daughters would, would prophesy that they would have dreams. Don't you remember? And do you think anybody would have believed him if he didn't know the word? They're not going to believe him, what he's saying about Jesus today, if he didn't know the word That's that right. prophesied Jesus would come and do exactly what he did. That's right. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the word of God. Jesus tempted Satan, right? Three times. But he didn't leave until Jesus said, Thus saith the Lord, Yes. for it is written. Once he said that, Satan had to flee. We have to be ready. We have to know the word. Because when he comes for you, when he, and he will. When he comes for your family, and he will. When he brings sickness or cancer or division or depression, as he will, you don't have time to to grab the Bible and to look up promises because you won't have time. You have to be ready for it because it says, when you say it is written, he has to flee. He has to flee. Okay, I got to show you something. I know there are some people in the house that can recognize this. (laughs) This is old school Bible um, cover, I guess. Okay. Hold on a second. second. <laughs> that looks like something. That looks like a GI Joe contraption. Okay, so we got this. Okay. I'm not gonna go through it all, but I just want—I'm just gonna show you, and then I'm gonna tell you why. This Bible is full of stuff like this. Highlights, notes, Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. From 1995 until 2016 when Mama passed away. And this is what she left me. This is more priceless than anything you could give me. Full of it. Full of it. There are highlights throughout the whole Bible and everything that, like, Holy Spirit spoke to her. She wrote on the side. She wrote prayers in there all the way up until the last day. I want to leave that for my daughter. We should all want to leave that. You don't have to have children to leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it because God will make sure it gets in the right hands. Amen? I want to know what Holy Spirit was saying at that time to somebody. I want to know what the scripture meant at that time. This is legacy because she knew the word. We need to know the word. They prayed. Acts 1.14 says that they all continued in prayer. Not just Peter, not just John, but they all continued in prayer for days as they waited for the Holy Spirit and then after they received the Holy Spirit because prayer was the fuel for the Holy Spirit to come. Prayer is the fuel for the Holy Spirit to come. And when he came, he empowered them. He empowered every one of them. When Jesus needed refreshed, he prayed. When when they needed a miracle, they prayed. When they were in anguish, they prayed. The Jews prayed. The Jews still pray three times a day. They prayed. And I was reading this. 
this story um, about, and I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, the Moravian Church. And it was from the 18th century, which sounds like forever ago, but it still applies today. They prayed around the clock for a hundred years. A hundred years. It started out with just a few, and then they built this community. And, and, and 168 people, they, all they had to pray was one hour a week. That's 168 hours. They gathered in the center of their community, and every minute of every day for 100 years, somebody was in the middle of that community praying. Somebody was. Do you know how many generations that is? And then they dispersed, and they went to the poorest areas of of the earth and preached salvation. Prayer and reading, the word cannot be separated. There's no other way to fellowship with God. And really, if, if, if we don't, if we don't pray and read our word, then what are we doing here? What is your faith, what, what is your faith based on? Why are you saved? Like, don't you want to know the person that you, that you believe saved you? Right? The one that created you and died for you? How else do you know him? What else is your faith based on? I got to know him. I had somebody call me up a few weeks ago and said, can you, can you call this person and pray for them because they want to know Jesus. They reached out to me and, and they're broken and, and, they, and they want to come to know Jesus. Can you lead them to Christ? And I said, well, yeah, of course I will. But then when I got off the phone, I was like, come on. Really? Really? God didn't put them in my face. He put them in your face. You got to lead them to Christ. You got to pray with them. You got to tell them who Jesus is. What if they die before I have a chance to call them? You just let them walk away? No, you do it. We all have to do it. He puts, God puts people in our lives for a purpose and a reason. Come on, love on them. Talk to them. Pray with them. Don't worry about having all the right words. God knows your heart. Amen? We cannot let our devotion burn out. Cannot let our devotion burn out. We must be hopelessly devoted to God. We, we didn't have, we were supposed to have a song cued then, and it didn't work out. Yes. Yeah. Somebody please tell me you know that song. Hopelessly devoted. Hopelessly yes, thank you. Devoted thank you. I made him listen to it yesterday for the first time. It, it wasn't the first time. She made me listen to it, and I was like, I don't know that song, you know? And she put it on, and I was like, oh, that, that's Grease. <laughs> Are you devoted? <laughs> What was the benefit or the result of their devotion to each other and to God? Look again at verse 43. Verse 43. It says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. What are signs and wonders? Signs and wonders are are this miraculous outcome to a situation that couldn't have been accomplished in our own strength. 
right? It couldn't have been accomplished by our own hands. That's signs and wonders. And here's the thing is a lot of people still think, they still believe that miracles aren't for us today or they're not normal for us, right? But in Acts 19, it tells us, it says that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. God gave, he gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles, right? You know, you know what that tells me? That tells me that, that if there's unusual miracles, then we as the body of Christ should just have an expectation of miracles. He gave him the power to perform unusual miracles. That means that miracles are available to you today. But the miraculous has has become so mystified to us that it seems untouchable, right? What we have to do is we have to get to a place where we grab this right here and we say, this is the normal gospel. This is the normal gospel. Everything in here belongs to me, right? This is the normal gospel, right? We We have to just take God, take God for his word. Take him at his word right here. Go out, take some risks. Go listen to people talk. There's so much depression and anxiety going on out here. Listen to people talk, and then you know what you do? Just take a risk. Just take a risk and pray for them. See what happens. Lay your hand on a sick person and just expect for healing. Just expect it. See what happens. See if they get up out of their sick bed. Just see. In Matthew 7, Jesus warns us about false prophets. Now, he didn't warn us about all prophets. So the fact that that, that he said there's false prophets implies that there are real prophets. Amen? Amen? He warned us about false signs, which implies that there are real signs. You see, if the devil is trying to counterfeit it, he's only reaffirming its value. He's only reaffirming his value. He's running around shaking in his boots. You just got to take some risk and take God at his word, right? Just be willing to explore some things. Pick up your Bible. Read it. Listen to a podcast. Go on YouTube and just watch a couple services. Just get it in your spirit. No matter what you're doing, get it in your spirit, right? Just be willing to get messy. God is inviting us into a lifestyle where it is okay not to be perfect all the time. He wants you to get it. He wants you to get it wrong so he can step in. Right? Just show up. Show up with a pure heart, believing that you're going to see God do something unusual and amazing in your lifetime. Jesus said, anyone that believes in him would do the same works he done and even greater works. Listen, I don't know if you know what Jesus did. Do you read your Bible? I don't know nothing more amazing than raising somebody from the dead. But he said, greater works will we do. Greater works will we do. You got to walk out of your house expecting some stuff to happen. Listen. We want to ask ourselves, so, okay, did the first church, did they see signs and wonders? Listen, Acts 5 says that they brought sick people out on their beds and stretched them out in the street. 
so that Peter's shadow may fall upon them. And the Bible tells us that they were all healed. They were all healed. Acts 12, Peter was thrown in prison and he was locked up, chained up to two guards, had two guards at the gate. But the Bible tells us, this is what it says, it says the church earnestly prayed for him. They earnestly prayed for him. And what did he do? He walked out of the church. He walks out of that prison untouched, untouched. In the same chapter though, James gets arrested and he's killed. But you know what the Bible didn't say? It didn't record nobody praying for him. It didn't record nobody praying for him. Peter got out of jail because the saints were on their knees. They're on their knees. Jesus wants to intercede for you. He wants to intercede. Listen, bound people just don't walk out of jail, y'all. But listen, as the creator and sustainer of all things, God has the power to suspend natural laws in order to fulfill his purposes here on earth. Our God is a God of signs and wonders. He is a God of wonders, y'all. Listen, I saw it for myself with my own eyes. A couple of years ago, Pastor Michelle and I, uh, with a couple of other pastors, were asked to come and pray for a five-year-old girl. This girl hadn't left the house in, I think, almost a year. It was almost a year she hadn't left the house, right? She had complete meltdowns anytime her mother would try to take her and put her in the car. For no, it just happened for no reason at all. It just happened. You know, and, and we, asked, we were asked to come over and pray for us. So we went over to this house, and I had never seen anything like this. I had never been part of a deliverance, right? But I just believe him. I take him at his word, and I just go where he sends me. I just go. I just go. And we went, and we began to pray over this girl, and we began to anoint every part of this house. Everything that we could touch, we anointed it. You hear me? I, was just, I didn't know where to go. I was anointing loaves of bread. Anything I could touch, I was just anointing, right? And, and we saw, I saw the hold on this little girl. I saw it on her, okay? At one point, we were praying, and she just said, okay, can we stop? Can we stop? Enough, enough. And she just looked at me, okay, enough. And I looked at her, and she was looking right at me, and I didn't say it to her because I saw this, this, this hold on her. And I thought to that devil, don't you look at me. Don't you try to growl at me. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'll chase you out of here right now and bind you up in the name of Jesus. And right then and there, we got to see, not we saw it on her, but we got to see a release we got to see an instant release on this girl. And before we left that house, Michelle, Pastor Michelle and I took her to McDonald's. We took her to McDonald's. We took her to McDonald's. And from that day forth, that little girl has been free. She has been free. We just looked at, we just looked at Facebook and saw her in school. She's in school. She's been free. Listen, don't y'all tell me he won't do it. Don't you tell me he won't do it. Amen. Jesus said the supernatural signs and wonders are to accompany those who believe. This is, this is, this is yours. It's to accompany those that believe. We need to fully understand this as Christians. That, these are, that they are to accompany us everywhere that we go. You got to go everywhere. Expect
expecting that the sick will be healed. Everywhere that you walk, everywhere that you roam, you need to go expecting that the captives will be set free. Anywhere that you step your foot, you need to just declare that your family will be restored. Signs and wonders should be sought after daily. Daily. They should be sought after. Just like Jesus operated in them daily. Amen, church? Verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Salvation was daily. It was constant. And when you and I stay in that communication with God, when we stay in unity with God, that will draw them to Jesus. It will draw them, just like we saw. It will draw them to Jesus. And and to be saved, think about this, is to be rescued. Who doesn't want to be rescued? They just don't know what it is. They just don't know it yet. Salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences. Very simple. It's deliverance from sin and its consequences. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, salvation, same. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever should believe in him, Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God, in the person of Jesus Christ, came here to save us, to offer us his free salvation. And it doesn't just, it's, it's not just one and done. No, that's good. It's not just one and done. There are three stages. See, that first stage when you accept Jesus into your heart, he's, he's forgiving you from the penalty of all your past sin. All your past sin, that's your past experience. The next, it's the present experience. He is, for, he is forgiving you uh, from the practice of sin. You are continually being saved daily from the practice of sin. Then you have your future experience, your glorification. When you see him face to face, when you go to heaven and you have the, the, the being of Christ. Salvation requires repentance. Requires repentance. When you ask Jesus into your heart and, and you plead before him, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. Repentance is a decision that results in a change of heart and mind which leads to a change of actions. Repentance is a decision that results in a change of heart and mind that leads to a change of actions. Peter said in Acts 3.19, he said, repent, therefore, and be converted. Repent, change from your ways. Why? That your sins may be blotted out. He also goes on to say, Apostle Peter in in Acts 16, he said, believe in the Lord Jesus. He didn't say believe in Jesus. You see, Jesus isn't just your Savior. Believe in the Lord Jesus. He is to be Lord of your life. You are to submit to him. He's not just your Savior. He is your Lord. (laughs) We're no longer ruled by sin. And in my heart's desire, like every day, is that I would have more boldness 
and more aware, to be more aware to speak the name of Jesus and to share the name of Jesus everywhere that I go. And man, let me tell you, I don't know anybody who does it better than Pastor Tina. Good Lord. Like, just being around her, I was, in, I was behind her not too long ago at a checkout. And I, I just hear her talking to her, the, the man about Jesus. She's just, like, talking to him so sweet and so loving about Jesus. And in my spirit, I was like, darn it, I want to do that. I want to be ready to do that. And, and I'm just not, I don't always do it yet, and I feel so bad. But she is such a great example of that because she continually does it. She's continually sharing the love of Jesus with such a loving heart. We need to be ready to do that and have that boldness, right? Have that boldness to to just share that love. But if the love's not in you, you got nothing to share. Definitely nothing to share that anybody wants. (laughs) (laughs) Daily, the whole book of Acts is full of scripture where God added to them daily. And I'm going to rapid fire these so you don't even, you might not even time to show them. Acts 5.14, and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. Acts 6.7, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Acts 11.21, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. Acts 16.5, so the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Can you imagine what that would look like today? I want you to imagine it right now. I want you to imagine your family sitting right next to you. Everybody has somebody that is not born again yet. Hello, imagine them. Imagine if it was filled. Imagine if the doors had to be open they were in the parking lot. We have six children, okay? We only got two sitting up here today so go I imagine it every Sunday every Sunday I don't get sad about it I don't get depressed about it I don't get anxious about it I just believe it it will happen come on it will happen he said it he said they will add to them daily if we are the church if we're the church read your word pray even have there's bible um reading plans like we read ours every you know uh, have a bible reading plan every um once a year yeah dr Caton does it like four times a year so whoa what a challenge um we have these for you when you leave pastor mary gave these to us like seven years ago and they have been on the inside of our bibles ever since and it's just some tools to help you to do that and also this week i was challenged to do this i know this is silly but i don't care um to tape these. I have scripture cards in my house. And I literally tape them under the rugs so you are standing on the word of God. It's all in your faith. It's all in your faith and in your heart. And we're going to put one right under here. Get excited. Get excited for that. Get excited for the salvations yeah. that you expect to see. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, come on, church. Stand up with us. Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers. Acts 2.47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. 
That's the church. This, this is the church. We should be excited. Like Pastor Michelle just said, we should be excited. Amen. We should be excited to fellowship and to break bread. We should be excited to read the word and pray. Right? We should be excited to see signs and wonders every single day. We should be excited to see the multitudes of salvations right here at Church on the North Coast. Listen, church, you got to get excited. You got to wake up with this excitement in your heart every single day. So what we want to ask you to do today is we want to ask you if you want to partner with us in being part of the church that we just read about in the Bible. If that's you, if that is your heart's desire, what we want to do is we want to ask you to come up and we want to, Pastor Michelle and I, we want to anoint you and we want to pray over you today, all of you in this church today. And so don't be shy. Come up. Come on up here. We want to pray with you. We just want to agree with you. And pray and, and, uh, 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 that we are devoted. We are the church. Pray our devotion to God, to one another. And don't be just lined up right here. We want to just pray our devotion to God, to one another. And declare that we shall see signs and wonders and salvations right here.